Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. He walked through the problem. He taught Peter, you need to look at me while you're having problems. Look at me, and you'll walk through it, even if they don't go away. You see, I think we often make a mistake in our prayer. We always pray, oh, Lord, please just get rid of the problem. And then when he doesn't take the problem away, then we get mad at God for it. But we often say, God, when will you? When is it leaving? I want this problem out of my life. Oh, this trouble. Oh, Lord, when are you going to get the problem away? Oh, Lord, the problem, the problem, the problem, the problem, the problem, the problem. And there you go. Your focus is in the wrong place. When our prayers are all about the problem, then that means our focus is more on the problem than it is on the Lord God. He's capable. He's able. If God just got rid of your problem, then he would be removing the process that is required for his power to be made perfect in your weakness. Did you notice that the wind ceased when Jesus got in the boat? Did you see that it was Jesus who got them to the other side? Okay, now they're on the other side and the wind is gone. Problem's over. But they had to go through a series of events first. Peter had to learn that as long as the problem's still there, you keep your mind on Jesus Christ. And don't focus on the problem first. Don't make that problem the big priority. When he got them to the other side, the wind ceased. Guys, this means that Jesus had control of the situation the entire time. The disciples needed this entire night of straining to get them worn down to the point where they would finally say to him, truly, you are the son of God. (laughs) And they worshiped him for that. This is what's on the other side of trial. God gets glorified. Just how God was glorified after Jesus' crucifixion. You see, if the disciples had rode to the other side on their own power, then they would have glorified in themselves. I told you we'd get there. I know what I'm doing. You just dream of the day when you finally get there, you're going to break out the champagne and celebrate. Well, guess what? God is not going to share his glory with anyone else. Jeremiah 9.23 says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord. That's good. But I hope you saw that in order for Peter to come to Jesus, he first had to let go of the oars, not to mention get out of the boat. You see, it was in that boat 
That's where Peter's experience was at. And it was upon those oars. That's where Peter applied his strength. It was in the boat where Peter did things his way. That boat was Peter's little world where I have control. I rule here. Jesus took him out of his comfort zone. Peter had to leave it, leave the oars, leave the boat. Jesus says in Matthew 7 to a lot of people that are going to appear before him, they're going to say, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, look at all these great things that we did for you. Oh, we did this. We did that. Oh, Lord, look how great we are. And Jesus is going to condemn them because he's going to say, depart from me, you who practice iniquity. That means you did it your way and you never did what I told you to do. Iniquity means my own way. My way or the highway, God, I will do my life like I want to do. And as soon as God starts to put you in a storm, the first thing you're going to do is curse his name because you are so full of iniquity. You are so full of a dirty, dirty water bucket that he has to try to pour it out first so he can refill you with clean water of the Holy Spirit. Iniquity is what Jesus is going to say. You did it your way. You got to leave. You can't come in. And that's going to be the shock of some people's existence. Jesus is going to condemn people like this. My way, iniquity. He's going to condemn them on the account that they never would do what he wanted. They always did things the way they wanted. You've got people saying, it's my life. I'll do it how I want to do. The believer says, not my life anymore. I gave it to Jesus. I'm going to follow him. We often say to ourselves, you know, gosh, if I could just make more money, then I could fix everything. And so we take a second job. We work more overtime. We wear ourselves out. And the further along we get, the more we, we deplete ourselves of our own power and our own experience. And that goal just gets further and further away. And we just never can seem to get there. Friends, if that's you, you're working so hard and you just can't seem to make it then that is your death grip on your oars. That is your strain at rowing. I say turn to Jesus, make a course correction, and turn your focus to Jesus and let go. Let go. Oh, Ray, but if I do that, I might lose everything. Yes, you might. Guys, think about it. How much did Peter really need a boat when he was walking on the water to Jesus? <laughs> when you can walk on water, you don't need a boat. So why are you scared of letting go to trust in the Lord? You know, as scared and as worn out and as dead dog tired as Peter was, it finally got through to him that he had to leave behind his own way. Friend, I know you're tired. But I'm trying to tell you, your way ain't cutting it. It never has. And guess what? It never will. You need to turn it over to Jesus Christ. Peter had to abandon his own understanding. He had to let go of the oars. He had to get out of the boat. He had to leave his little world that he knew his whole life. Oh, I've been here a long time. I know what I'm doing. I've got great experience. I'm the master at all this. He had to leave all that to come to Jesus. He had to leave his life to come to Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you have no peace, if you have no rest, then you haven't really come to Jesus yet, have you? Oh, yeah, I came to Jesus. I came along to, I remember I said a prayer when I was 16 years old at youth camp. Uh, okay. 
I'm telling you what the scripture says. You're trying to run on your own iniquity. And that's what Jesus will condemn people for. You may have said a prayer, Lord, take my life, but you never gave it to him. You need to have rest. Come to Jesus. This come to me that Jesus said, this requires repentance. See, you've got to leave your old life behind. So let me ask you, are you still trying to live your life on your own terms and you will not obey what the Lord says and you won't follow him? You, won't, you don't realize his way's better. I mean, it really is, guys. Trust me. I've got a whole testimony on that, trying to do things my way and it, it failed miserably. I failed. Yep, I'm a failure all the way. 100%. I'm a failure. <laughs> but in Jesus, I have great worth and he has blessed me tremendously. You've got to make a course correction, friend. I'm telling you, it really works. The Bible does what it says. Make a course correction, turn to Jesus, and then you've got to let go of your oars. And you got to get out of your boat, get out of your situation. I'm not saying quit your job. I'm saying you've got to get out of your boat of experience, your boat of iniquity, the my way or the highway. You've got to abandon that attitude quick and then let Jesus take over. Because once you leave your way behind and you commit your focus, not just Jesus for a minute, you remember, remember, Peter got out of the boat. Okay, Jesus, here I come. But he quickly got distracted. I know a lot of people, they say, I gave my life to the Lord, but they get distracted and then they sink right back into the problem that was killing them. You got to keep your focus. This means commit. We have a problem in society today over the word commit. Nobody wants to commit anymore. Keep your eye on Jesus. If you do that, then according to the word of God that we have read today, even if your problem does not immediately go away, you will walk through it. Okay, Peter was walking through the storm. He, Jesus did not cease the wind when Peter was on the water. He walked through the wind and he walked above the waves. If you want to walk through your problem, if you want to walk above your problem, then put your focus on Jesus. Don't just say, Jesus, just take it away. You need that weakness to wake up and say, truly, you are the son of God. <laughs> Proverbs fourteen twelve says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Let me give you the, the Ray theology version of that. Basically, it says, whatever you think is right, it ain't right. Okay. And that's what our whole world is doing right now. Today, everybody is doing what they think is right. They're trying to fix this big, big mess that we're in, and nothing's working. This world is straining against the oars harder and harder, and they're never going to make it to the other side. This world needs Jesus. Scripture says the world is dying, okay? But you as an individual, you can walk through your problems if you will turn it all over to Jesus Christ. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with half of your heart. And lean, oh, wait, I made a mistake, didn't I? Yep, deliberate, just to make you see a promise. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, all of it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And it does not say in all your ways, acknowledge your big fat bank account, which is dwindling faster than you've ever seen it go. It doesn't say that. Acknowledge him. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't attribute your victories to other things, okay? Now, friends, look, I know, oh, trust me, I know, it is a big mess out there in the world today, and maybe you feel like you're absolutely drowning in problems. According to the Word of God, you can make a course correction right now 
and turn towards Jesus Christ. Maybe you're realizing you've never totally given your life to Jesus. I'll I'll tell you this. If you have not totally, fully, 100% given your life to Jesus, then you have not given your life to Jesus at all. It's all or nothing. None of this halfway stuff. When you expect somebody to commit to you, you want them all in, don't you? Same with Jesus. It's all or nothing. you got to commit all the way in. But maybe you realize you haven't. Maybe you've been trying to be good enough. Scripture says, Ephesians 2.8, it's not by your works. It's by the grace that Jesus gives you that you're saved by that. It's not by you so that you cannot boast. Maybe you're realizing your best ain't good enough. You're tired. You're worn out. And it feels like everything and everybody is against you. Is that where you are? Like there's nothing in your favor at all. Everything is out to get you. Friend, it's time for you to make a course correction. God is trying to get your attention. He's trying to get you to turn to Jesus. Remove your hands from the oars. You know what surrender looks like? It's two hands up, two hands up and open. That is international sign of surrender. It means I have no weapon in my hand to fight with you. Please take over. That's why people worship with their hands up and open, because it is the international sign of surrender. Stop trying to do everything your way. Think about it. After all this time, your way hasn't worked yet, has it? And you're wondering why, why, why has God not taken this trouble away from me? Because he is perfecting his power in you. When are you going to let him take over? See, you're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. He's got the ability to take care of this. Perhaps you have a death grip on some kind of a sin somewhere in your life that you know you're holding on to, but for some reason you just will not let go of it. Maybe you keep thinking, well, I can fix this. I can fix this. And while you feel you're waiting on Jesus, he's waiting on you, though, guys. But like we saw in the story, Jesus is close by. He's not far away. And he's actually even watching you go through this trial, this trial that you're in right now. He sees you going through it. But Jesus said, come to me. See, Jesus already came down to us as the Messiah. He already came to us to come die on the cross so that he can be with us. But now it's your turn to respond to that, that he did on that sacrifice as the Lamb of God. He's asking you, come to me and I will give you rest. He didn't say, come to me, and I might give you rest. He didn't say, come to me, and I will make you earn rest. He said, come to me, and I will give it to you. I will give it to you here on a silver platter. It's yours. Take it. Come over here and get it. Guys, it's so easy to think of it on those terms. How come you haven't come to Jesus yet? Maybe you're thinking, well, Ray, I already got out of the boat. I already gave my life to Jesus, but I'm just still having so much trouble then perhaps maybe during your walk somewhere, maybe you got distracted by the wind and the waves. Colossians 3 verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. You know, guys, I know the media and the news, they're throwing things of the world in front of you. Oh, look at this. Oh, be scared of that. Oh, this is going to get you. And if that's where your mindset is all the time, of course, you're going to be scared. Turn that thing off. Turn the TV off. Get off the internet. Open God's word. Study it. He's so full of assurity, encouragement. Have no fear. It is I. Remember Jesus said that. He's trying to encourage you if you will just turn to him. Now, in John chapter 6, it says that when they received Jesus into the boat, not only did the wind cease, 
But also the boat arrived on the other side on the sea. They actually made it to land. They made it to the very place that they could not get to on their own. When you're on land, who cares if there's waves? Who cares if there's wind when you're standing on the shore? Friends, what I'm saying is Jesus can get you to the other side. And if you're so busy, preoccupied with the problem, when Jesus has the ability to get you to the other side, to the shoreline, why are you wasting all your energy on the problem when Jesus can put you where those problems don't matter anymore? Jesus can get you there and you can't. The trial that got the disciples to the point of where they worship Jesus was necessary for them to say, truly, you are the Son of God. Trials are designed to bring us to this kind of place where God is glorified. Now, in Mark 6, it says they cried out. They cried out to Jesus. And then there's another timestamp. It says immediately after they cried out, Jesus said, do not be afraid. And so in Matthew 14, where we read, Peter, what did he do? He cried out. See this, this cry out thing. And then timestamp immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. So friends, what I'm trying to say is that you've got this all night, all night suffering, and then there's an immediacy that comes with crying out. Maybe you've been struggling against the flow of whatever's on you, and Jesus hadn't done anything about it yet. How about you throw the switch from looking at the problem? Because looking at the problem, there's no immediacy in that. There's nothing immediate about staring at the problem. When Jesus acted immediately, is when the disciples cried out, hear me guys, cried out. That's when they cried out to Jesus. Friend, I'm asking you, if you want out of this, if you want through this, if you want to walk above this, cry out to the Lord. Psalm 34, 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. Friend, if you are mad at God for your trial, you're not crying out. You're cussing out. Don't cuss out. Cry out. Very big difference. How about we all cry out to the Lord so that Jesus can immediately reach out to you? But, you know, we see how bad it is in the world out there right now and all the damage that's going on. People are divided against each other. The nation's falling apart. And it just feels like a long, terrifying night of strain that just will never, ever end. Plus your own personal problems and tied up with it at the same time. But that's because. You're looking more at the problem than you're looking at Jesus Christ. You think you're strong, but it's your strength that's actually getting in the way. Don't worry about the trial. Don't worry about the problem. Jesus can remove that problem at absolutely any time. Just know that that problem's going to remain as long as it takes for God to perfect his strength in you. It's going to remain as long as it takes for God to perfect his strength in the nation and also to perfect his strength in the entire world. God is perfecting his strength among the nations. That's what's going on. So don't look at the problem. Oh, gosh, I wish they would just fix this. Oh, my gosh, I wish that elected guy would get in uh, and go do this, or I wish I could vote my guy in and vote the other people. You're just concentrating on the problem, guy. Politics, 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 money, money, money. That's the problem. It's not the answer. Friends, this is not a scary time to be alive. It's exciting because more people are going to come to salvation than has ever come to the Lord Jesus in the entirety of human history. And you have the opportunity 
to not only see it happen, but to be part of it happening. This is an exciting time to be alive. But friends, if there was ever a time to cry out to the Lord, it is right now. This world needs its Savior, Jesus Christ. But while the world has fallen down in weakness, those who are believing in the Lord God, we should be saying, Oh Lord, you are perfecting your power. And that is a good thing. This is why Paul said that we should boast in our weakness so that the power of Christ may rest on us. Friends, I want the power of Christ to rest on me. That's why you got to cry out to the Lord and not be staring at the, the difficulty. All your experience, all your strength that hadn't saved you yet, and it never will. It's done nothing but wear you out. This is the perfect time for you to cry out to the Lord and hand it all over to Jesus. After all, he died for it. And I know that handing it off to Jesus makes about as much sense as stepping out of a boat during a storm. But that's exactly what Peter did. 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. This makes total sense to me. You may be thinking, well, it doesn't add up to me. Well, you got to figure out which side of the of this verse you're on. If it's foolishness to you, you're perishing. But if, it, if it's wonderful to you, it's the power of God who can save you. We're not good enough to save ourselves. That's the bottom line. You're just not. That's why you need a Savior. That's why you got to cry out to Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to ask you, Wherever you're at in your chair, say you're sitting down watching me or wherever you're standing, whatever whatever you're at or in or sitting on, let's say that right now that chair is your boat. Where you're sitting is your oars. I want you to get up and I want you to get down on the floor and kneel before the Lord God. Get down low in a posture of humility and cry out to God. Leave where you were. This is your time to draw a line in the sand. I want you to leave where you were at. Leave your chair, leave your couch, whatever you're sitting in right now, get out of it and walk away from it and get down on the floor and cry out to the Lord. And you know what? Put on a a praise song and listen to some praise music, but don't just take it as another time that you've heard that praise song before. Use it as an opportunity, not just to sing a song. Use it to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I give up on this. Take over and let go of your death grip that you have had on your oars and get out of your boat of experience and focus on Jesus Christ. Let him deal with it. You know, you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you, to buy you back out of the sin that we fell into, that we sank deep into. Do you actually believe that? If you believe that, then don't allow those storms to own you. You let go, you drop it, and never pick it up again. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Father, forgive us the sinner. Forgive us for walking away and doing things our own way. And forgive us for not trusting in you. I turn it all over to you, Lord God. Take over and thank you for dying in my place so that I could be saved. We thank you for salvation. You did it all. I didn't do anything but mess it all up, and I could never get there. I don't have the power, but I call upon you, my Savior, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. 
Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.